Good morning team, Morgan Tioka here from the Challenger podcast. Today we're just having a quick chat about what it means to be a trustworthy friend in regards to the braving acronym that I've been talking about from Brene Brown. So on the last two podcasts I spoke about what boundaries look like and what reliability looks like in a relationship or a friendship. So the ability to have boundaries and understand that when you say you're going to do something you follow through with that. Then the third one was around accountability and then this one today we're talking about is Vault and I've got Glenn Azar with me on today's show. Say hello. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> I'm good. All right, let's get started. I'm Morgan Tioka. This is the Challenge Her podcast. This is the Challenge Her podcast. Okay, so today we're talking about what it means to be a vault and what that looks like in the anatomy of trust in a relationship with somebody. So the way Brene says and defines what a vault is, it it is what I share with you, you will hold in confidence and what you share with me, I will hold in confidence. And understanding that when you have a relationship with somebody and they are sharing information with you, about a third party, so about another friend, that actually causes your trust for them to diminish and understanding that that common enemy intimacy isn't a true connection at that time. So to break that down... Yeah, put that in layman's terms. If I'm listening to that. Yeah, and give uh, give a few examples. What that means is um, if Glenn and I are friends and we both have a common friend... And he comes to talk to me about that friend of ours. He's creating a fake connection. So he's looking for a common and enemy intimacy. So we're wanting to both have that common hatred or that common... So you might not have a problem with the other person necessarily, but I try and create that. Yes, correct. And you want me to jump on board with that. Yeah. And then what that actually does is that diminishes or should diminish my trust for you. Because it shows me that I can't hold what you're saying in confidence if I was to share something Because if you walk away, I could be talking about you to someone else. exactly. Mm. And I think that's a huge um, breakdown issue that sort of comes up in our young girls who are at school. And when we see a lot of friendship breakdowns, a lot of tears and a lot of... um, girls that we're trying to figure out what's going on with them in, on a day-to-day basis, it usually has something to do with hearsay, gossiping, something's said, and then obviously someone's been hurt from that and that trust has been broken. And so understanding what a vault looks like makes you very aware of whether you can create a trusting relationship with somebody. And I think because we don't, like we don't really put words around it, like everyone knows what gossiping looks like and... Everyone understands the examples of it. But if you say, um, if Glenn and I have a really good friendship and part of me showing him trust is by allowing him to share things that make him feel uncomfortable or vulnerable uh, and hold that in confidence so he completely trusts that I won't share that information, that's trust being built And if you break that in any way, shape or form, that's that disconnection and that distrust which causes our relationship to break down. And I think in a female setting, it's just super common. It's happening all the time and it's a habit of ours. So I think just to be clear and 
I'm not as in well read on this as you are. But uh, I'm just thinking, like, so what you're saying is that if you, if I can share something with you, and I know that you're not going to say anything, I'm building trust. Correct. But then the other side of that is, if I'm sharing something with you about a third party who's a friend of ours, yes, I could say, well, I'm doing that because I'm trying to build that trust with you, and who else do I tell? But the truth is, I'm actually then creating a problem. Yes, correct. Because it sounds like the same thing, but it's not. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think it's yeah. interesting because I notice in I do a lot of work in workplaces, obviously not at schools like yourself, but uh, so I'm not working with that age group on as regular basis. But this problem actually overlays into workplaces. Yeah. So I'll regularly say to organisations I work with that, you know, if if there's a negativity, it becomes a cancer, and then I'll go and they normally need support, so they'll go and find someone else. Mm-hmm. So after a team meeting. They won't say anything in the team meeting publicly in front of everyone. But then I'll go up to you later and go, what do you think? That was garbage. And then it starts to create. And I only bring that up because for young people listening, it's not just you. It becomes mm. a problem outside of, of school age as well. Yeah, definitely. But, I'm, you know, we're sort of hoping that by shedding light on what the language looks like and what the examples are and how it relates to the language, it might be more, um, you know, it might be easier for young girls who are – having these conversations and having these common enemy intimacies where they're going off and sharing information that's not theirs to share with someone else, able to go, oh, hold on, I'm actually losing trust or I'm creating a poor connection with somebody because I'm not actually getting to know this person or sharing positive information. I'm trying to become friends with you based on a common enemy that I'm just creating out of nothing. Yeah, which could be teachers, could be school, could be an actual other girl your age. Yeah, definitely. It can be a multitude of things. And you're right. It happens all in our workplace as well. And it's funny how it's common that she also says that without the anatomy of trust and having the ability to share things in confidence, it stops people from being able to show courage and be innovative, mm. which means they ha- have real lack of sense of support and safety to be able to actually be their true selves. So does she give strategies? She doesn't give strategies as such she sort of gives a language so um, the braving acronym she goes through and gives you clear examples of what these acronym the acronym stands for and how they relate to building trust so I'm just wondering how does a young girl who's caught in that situation of gossip which all young people are and we say Mm. girls because that's who this is aimed at but um, and their friends are all doing it and their little group's doing it, how does someone have the courage to go, I'm not doing that? Or Yeah, I guess it comes back to having boundaries. But in saying that, I don't think as a 16, 17-year-old, I could have had boundaries. No, let alone at 13, 14, 15, where you just want to be accepted. Exactly. But I think it's being aware and then obviously just taking yourself away from that environment and understanding who your actual good friends are, that supportive network, and who aren't. And maybe also understanding... Uh, put yourself on the other side of the fence. If this was me that was being spoken about, which I'm sure it has been because we've all been in there, yeah. how, did, how did that make me feel? Definitely. And if that didn't make you feel good, then why would you be doing it to someone else? 100%. And it was it's interesting. I was talking with, um, I think it was Digi, about boundaries. And it, the real simple example was if you walked away from a connection – and you had any feelings of um, frustration, sadness, negativity, exhaustion, just evaluate whether that was a good relationship or connection for you. 
And then if it's something that's affecting you, we'll then figure out how you can put a boundary in place so that you're not overstepping it and feeling that way. And then if you're walking away from a connection that makes you feel positive, happy, uh, humorous, relaxed, you know, we'll understand you're actually probably making a really nice connection there and you don't need a boundary in that space. Yeah, so that's a just an interesting one because I'm older um, than you guys and then obviously we're both older than the kids listening, but... I couldn't have done that as a teenager and I'm not sure I have the answers for a teenager to do this. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you this, that when you get to that stage in life where people go, oh, I don't care about other people's opinions, that's garbage, we all care about other people's opinions. Definitely. We're a tribal animal, we want yes. to be accepted. Um, but for me, when you learn to be comfortable with who you are and to understand those intimate relationships, to know who do I like hanging around and who do I don't because they make me feel good and you just start to distance yourself from those relationships I'm not saying don't be friends with people but you don't spend as much time with them or I personally have found that that then creates I don't need boundaries as such like a hard boundary Mm. because I'm more flexible with who I hang around and I'm okay with that so for example you know you girls will say hey come to the footy and if I don't like hanging around with you I'll just say no yeah (laughs) and and that's 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 so true right but a lot of the time we get we say yes even though we really want to say no and then we we go through anxiety and stress about oh you know, am I wearing the white clothes? How do I how do I need to prepare myself? How do I need to look? Yes. Am I going to be judged by this very group of people I've chosen to hang around? Yep. And if if you could teach that to young people, which I, I know is hard, um, because you just want to be accepted, but it's it's quite powerful. So I don't need boundaries. You talk about boundaries a lot. I'm at a stage where I don't really need to put a hard boundary in because I kind of know. Yeah, but I, I think it comes with I think it comes with confidence too, and like really. You know, I think now that I'm learning about, you know, these types of things, I feel like my confidence is really building because I've set those boundaries. Mm. And I think, well, I think your confidence is quite high. So, like, you're very aware of yourself so you don't have to sort of set those boundaries because it just comes naturally. But even 10 years ago, I couldn't do this. Yeah, that's true. Maybe for me, five or six years ago is when I can put my finger on a change. Mm. And so... Again, for young people listening, we're trying to give you some insights to shortcut that. Definitely. Because there's an old saying that um, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but also you don't have to make all the mistakes yourself so you can learn from each other. So will it be difficult? Of course it will. And, you know, will you sometimes feel like you have to make those conversations to be a part of? Yeah, of course you will. But it's about self-assessment. Definitely. Uh, and And I honestly think, I'll tell you two things quickly. One is... Um, how's, how do I make other people feel? That's important. But the other one I took, got taught years ago, and this would be good for young people listening, if you imagine that you had someone filming every interaction that you have in a day and the person you love the most, say that you care about the most, that you respect the most, say your grandmother or your grandfather, or if they got to sit down at the end of the day and watch all of those interactions, how would you feel about them? Yeah. And the truth is that there are sometimes when you're involved in a discussion, an argument, you use language that if your grandmother sat down and you had to sit with her and watch that, you'd be dead embarrassed. Definitely. You would would want it turned off. And I learnt that only like five or six years ago and I use it for my case with my kids. Like if I was having this conversation with someone and Sammy, my daughter, who just turned 14, was sitting there and I had to sit and watch it with her, how would I feel about that? And for young people listening, for you it's probably your mum or your grandmother or uh, I think that's a really interesting way of getting that message through. Definitely. And it's interesting now that you're speaking about that is every female 
year 12 student that I've seen who have walked out of school very in touch with themselves, have a small, small group of friends. They are close. They are very alike and they've got that support network and they don't spend a lot of time with a lot of different people. You know, they're not in a huge popular group. They're still great kids and they're showing what they can do. Like they're usually some type of athlete or musically talented or they've got something that's keeping them really engaged at school. But they definitely only have one or two very great friends that they hang around. Which is interesting because at school we think being popular is that's the, the that's the currency. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I'll tell young people listening now, when you leave year twelve or whenever you leave school, that currency is worth zero. Definitely. Because people go their own way and you realise that if you were being uncomfortable to try and fit in, if you weren't being yourself to try and fit in, you'll look back and go, What was that about? Definitely. And I think the key take the key things to take away from this episode is just being really aware of when you are doing those distrustful actions and understanding how it's having an effect on you and then able to evaluate and move away from it. So yeah. I think how we said just start to realise if you're walking away from that interaction and you're feeling sad or uh, disconnected or tired or frustrated or just not feeling worthy well, then it's probably not a good interaction for you and you probably need to have a good safe space between you yourself and that person. Yeah. And then from that, you'll then create really great trusting relationships where you will be able to hold something in confidence for someone else and you will be able to um, share things with other people and they will then obviously hold that in confidence for you and then you'll they'll only be a small group of them like we keep saying probably one or two people that will be your close-knit friends but that's all you really need you just need that one other person that supports you yeah and things will genuinely work out pretty well can i finish um, for me to add in and say when you're self-assessing and and for young people this is good but for you this is good um be really honest be brutal in the sense that you with your honesty but don't beat yourself up yeah, definitely. However, if you keep making the same mistake every time you assess it, don't give yourself outs. Like, be willing to improve. But a lot of people then beat themselves up and think they're a bad person. No, you're just learning and growing and it's a part of human development. But the more aware you are, the more you can change, the more the connections you have, even if it is a small group, are going to be real. And real connections are important. Perfect. Well, that's us today. I hope you have a good day and we will talk to you all soon. You've been listening to the Challenge Her podcast with Morgan Tioka. Follow, rate and share to help empower and educate young women.